Relax, Fry. I'll simply spin you in a high-speed centrifuge, separating out the denser fluid of his highness. But won't that crush my bones? Oh, right, right, with the bones. I always forget about the bones. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. I'm Ben. Today we're talking about season one, episode seven, My Three Sons. It's a very good pun, I'll say this. Eh, I like it well enough. It's it's also a, an episode title that, you know, a lot of people might not see, but... You know, they do have a lot of weird puns and references in the titles i think a lot of shows do and i wonder how many people actually take note of most of the hard work those uh pun creators came up with i'm gonna put a hard like top on on the number as two uh the people that are talking at this podcast right now my three sons cold open uh bender goes through a car wash while car wash plays he goes through bot wash. All right. While bot wash plays. Well, okay. Yes. I you're you're being, you're be, you're correct. Yes. Um, it is definitely the song car wash that has been re, re lyriced to be bot wash. What do you think of the cold opening? It 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 feels a lot like when they do a cold opening that's just a gag that has nothing to do with the rest of it. Maybe that's because exactly what they did. No, uh, well, you you cut me <laughs> off first off. Uh, I, I'm just saying, like when they do what they they do here, where they make a gag that is just a joke that they is just a throwaway. Is it feels like? Um, it first off, it's I think it's a funny joke. Agreed. It, going through that entire process, including twenty five cents for the under undercarriage, the, and then the, it, the the face he makes when he does. Well, yes, yeah, so, I mean there and, there are um, explicit faces being made. Um, Ben's euphemism corner is back. <laughs> I get that. Uh, anyway, uh, so the joke is a good one, but I think when they do this kind of throwaway cold open, it's basically saying, well, we wanted to do this joke. We couldn't really find a way to make it make sense in the story. We're just going to do it before the, the opening credits. Yeah, it's fair. Um, that's that's not to say that that's a bad way of doing it because so many times in eps- you know, uh, shows like the the Simpsons, right? They'll start the episode off with something completely wildly different to get them to the real plot of the episode. That was actually always one of my favorite things about the Simpsons, um, where it would always start out in some completely different tangential thing that would somehow wind up uh, going into going into the episode in general. Um, but I mean, you know, that's that's just me, I guess. Um, sure, and I'm not saying that's a you know, I, I like that as well. I'm just saying this feels like a the Futurama version of that. Okay, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I like the cold opening. Um, again, mostly because of the the um, undercarriage uh, phase. Like the face that he makes is a little too amazing uh, for bad reasons. I've already called it explicit, so. I would agree. After the cold open, we cut to Bender chilling on the couch at the Planet Express building, just watching some cooking shows. Yeah, which is a new thing for Bender to do. Um, it's it also a- 
Oh, so I did not mean to cut you off. Uh, I was leading to a connected. It's it's fine. Anyway, uh, it's the first appearance of Elzar. That's exactly what I was yeah, going to say. It's Elzar. Elzar. Um, <laughs> we got way too excited about Elzar. I, I like Elzar. You I knock it too. up a notch. Um, I like it because he introduces the spice weasel. Oh, oh, that spice weasel. It's so spicy. And the, I, I feel like the spice weasel is another one of those things that I spent many, many years saying, let's uh, knock it up a notch with the spice weasel. <laughs> where people were like, what is this person doing? Right. It was one of those things where either the person got it and they were like, we were instantly best friends because we're talking about Futurama. Sure. Or it was something that people just had no idea what I was talking about. Sure. And Futurama gives me a lot of great things like that where I can sort of make those references and the people who get it, get it. And the people who don't, don't. And the Spice Weasel was kind of my go-to for a long time. It's it's a very good uh, joke and something that is... I mean, it's there, but if you're not thinking of... A lot of people would probably just think of the main... Planet Express crew and not think of the tertiary characters like Elzar that come up with the spice weasels and things like that. So it's a good way to kind of make sure that they're one of us. One of us. One of us. Also an obvious reference to Emerald Lagasse. Emerald, yeah. That was his I couldn't I, I was like obviously Bam. obviously a reference to Elzar. No. <laughs> yep. A circular reference is what it is. Elzar is a reference to Elzar. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, a reference to uh, Emerald, who mm-hmm. was uh, very big at the time. Yeah, and have is is not huge anymore, but is still. I think I th- he's still relevant. Yeah, well, he still has his like spice mixes in stores and things like that. So. But does he have the spice weasel? We know that he does not. We also find out that Bender is actually really into cooking shows, although he tries to hide it, and he's kind of ashamed of it. He's so ashamed of it that when uh, he's caught watching a cooking show and and, and uh, quickly changes the channel, he says, no, it, it was a porno. Sure. Which in, well, have we seen any of the kind of open liberties of the th- of 3000s yet? Because I know that some of the mores of the 2000s are a little relaxed. I guess I don't know what you mean. Uh, th- how many times a professor is naked? In, in a large group of people. That's what I'm referring to mainly. Uh, no, I don't I don't think that's come up yet. I look forward to it when it does. I will quote you on that. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a clip. Like, let's roll it back and see what that clip says. Oh, you didn't like it. Well, let's hold on. Boop. Oh, just wait for it. I will wait for it. I also love the sight gag. Um, at least... I don't even know if it was really intended as much of a sight gag, but um, when Elzar's doing his show and uh, he gets out the Neptunian slug and it just starts growing and Elzar just starts beating the crap out of it. Um, it's like, that's why you always use cast iron cookware. And um, it just cuts to Bender's face and he just has this like, kind of like, okay, this is happening sort of face. <laughs> So again, I don't even know if it's like intended to be a joke, but just his reaction gets me every time. It's one of those very subtle things yeah, that I love. It's it, sometimes all you need is is a good reaction to something that'll make you kind of realize the absurdity of it and start laughing. Because be, beating a slug with a cast iron pan that is that the slug is growing and trying to attack you, it's kind of absurd. It's just my life. Is this back in Ben's euphemism corner? Because beating a growing slug it never mind <laughs> not 
not going there. I baited you into that, my friend. Some might say I'm a master at it. (laughs) (laughs) I needed this this week. You needed a little master baiting. I I did, yeah. Uh huh. Ooh. Well, I'm sorry for everybody that was was listening to this and enjoyed it. I'm sorry we ruined it for you. Bender gets called into Hermie's office because um, mm-hmm. Hermes has the kind of sudden realization that they are paying Bender for basically no work. Sure. And outside, he ha- Hermes has a chewing out sign that only has the words in progress on it, and it's flashing. I I really enjoyed that sight gag of... Of course he would have a sign that says chewing out in progress. Mm-hmm. And uh, he points out that um, Bender, if, if Bender wants to keep getting a paycheck, he has to do something other than sitting around watching the cooking shows all day, which gives Bender the idea to become the chef for Planet Express. Which seems like a great idea considering all those taste buds he's got. Zero. Well, yes, that was the, I was being, okay. 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 <laughs> So I think it's established he will be a bad cook because he does not know how to cook. First off, I don't think he knows how to cook. And second, he certainly can't taste it to make sure it's not inedible. Right. So uh, after Bender decides to become the chef, he goes to uh, he and Leela and Fry go to Little Neptune, the place to get exotic gourmet ingredients, as well as uh, crack vending machines and uh, fresh transplantable organs. I also enjoy that the establishing shot of Little Neptune has a sign that says, Girls, Girls, Aliens. Sure. And just an observation. No, it's good. You don't seem impressed. I, I, I did not note it down, but I think it's a, it's a funny observation. As you alluded to, uh, there are people selling um, stolen organs, I guess. They don't really, I guess. It's, it's shady at the very least. I guess I shouldn't uh, just jump to the conclusion that there are stolen. Um, that's on me, folks. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I do want to point out that he tries to sell Fry a, an x-ray eye, but then realizes it says Z-ray, which is two better than X. Exactly. Uh, I can see through anything because it's better than x-ray. Exactly. Two more. Two more. They should hop into a shop and uh, buy some Neptunian ingredients. Um, mm-hmm. Including the slug that was previously mentioned. Um, although Bender was given a choice between the, I believe, yellow and the purple slugs. The yellow one is apparently edible, while the purple one will give everyone nightmarish di- diarrhea. Which makes me wonder why they sell it at all. It's, it's possible that it's, it's something that you get for a different purpose. Or you get it as a um, as a, as a laxative, or as like a revenge sort of thing. Like, hey, I made you this dish. It's got it's a it's got slug in it. Your favorite Neptunian slug, and then Montezuma's revenge. Neptune's revenge. Neptezuna's revenge. I just said revenge there. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out for everybody. Yes, you weren't he- hearing things weird. I said revenge. This is good. Pos- good. <laughs> good podcasting oh man <laughs> pack it up go home well i it's not far for you to go ben it cuts back to fry who has gone back to the oregon guy mm-hmm. uh who is uh convincing fry to buy some gills 
Sure, um, seems good if he wants to swim a lot. Exactly. Um, he also points out that uh, if he has gills, he's not going to need the lungs anymore. I mean, that just follows. So he says, I'll take the, the lungs today. Gills come next week. Uh, Fry has no problem with this, even though um, anybody with any idea of how your body works or just the breathing of it or just any of it works would say, now, hold on. That's not the order in which I would prefer this to go. Plus, I mean, just personally, wouldn't it be better to have both? Because then, you know, above water, below water, sure. you, get the be- you literally get the you, best of both you'd worlds. You'd literally be an amphibian. Which is what everybody really wants deep down. You know that You know that movie? Um, I mean, I want a Tesla, but you know. You know that movie, What Women Want, where he can read like what they're, they're thinking? It should just be constantly, I want to be an amphibian. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you could read somebody's mind... That person would just constantly just be constant, thinking, constant I, I wish I were an amphibian. Just, I wish I had some gills, but I want to keep my lungs. Yeah. I want both. I want to just, go under underwater. So much <laughs> gill envy. Oh, those damn fish. They're so great without their, their gills. I bet they could breathe underwater all day. Life would be better um, down, down where, where it's, it's wetter. wetter. Take it from me. <laughs> This has been Ben's Euphemism Corner for a third time. We just keep going into Ben's Euphemism Corner. I'm so glad I started that. Now that we have had our little Disney sing-along interlude, uh, let's, let's, <laughs> we haven't got through anything. Let's, let's get back to the episode at hand, shall we? Leela realizes that Fry is out there uh, trying to literally uh, sell his organs. Sure. And uh, she beats up the guy and... Um, Bender catches the scalpel and uh, says, thank you, mm-hmm. which is very kind it's of him. Very kind. Weirdly kind. That's not how Bender usually rolls. Fry gets pretty upset at Leela's interference, despite the fact that she literally just saved his life. Literally, yes. That's a good, good time to pull that word out. Kind of the theme for the rest of the episode is that he's just really upset with the idea that Leela thinks she can run his life better than he can. Sure. And then the professor walks in and says, good news, everyone. You are going to the planet Trisol to deliver a package. My favorite thing about um, the professor coming in and saying, good news, everyone, is Bender's immediate reaction. Like, oh, no. Just he already knows that good news is not a good idea. And I think that's the only real time in the entire series where anybody even remotely, like, acknowledges the irony in the professor saying good news everyone uh i'm not sure i it might have come up later i i think uh next week up next week's episode has something similar in it okay well we we will we'll we'll, talk about that next week keep those podcast tuners on the same dial because that's a thing you can do well, same same Futurama time, same Futurama channel. Podcast tuners. I don't know. I I don't. How do radios work? Is that how they work? How how do podcasts work? Now that I think about it, what are we doing? <laughs> What's my life about? We also find out that the planet Trisol mm-hmm. is in the Forbidden, Forbidden Zone, zone. Uh, which is also in the Galaxy of Terror. There are other zones in the Galaxy of Terror. By Hit the me way. with those, Mike. Uh, the Death Zone and the Zone of No Return. They're just named that way in the Galaxy of Terror. It's no big deal. No biggie. I would like to get a vacation home in the Zone of Doom. You know, the Zone of No Return doesn't seem 
all that bad. Um, you never go back, but it's, you know, it, it may very well have some really nice uh, planets in that zone. We cut to Bender cooking for everybody on the Planet Express mm-hmm. ship on He's their way to the Forbidden Zone. Forbidden Zone. He is uh, cooking the slug we've, we 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 saw him get earlier. He reads the recipe and comes to a dash of salt, which he thinks is all the salt, every bit morsel of that salt. He, uh, it's later even shown that he puts salt in the water as well. I mean, if you don't have taste, maybe you just think salt is like a magic sort of spice. To an extent, it can be a little uh, seem a little magic because it it if if you do it in small enough doses, it turns flavors into more exciting versions of themselves. But then you go overboard and you basically just eat a giant heaping bowl of salt, which Fry has said he did, and wasn't as salty as the slug that he just had. I I think I gag a little bit every time I consider <laughs> what it would be like to eat a heaping bowl of salt. I can't even con. I I can't conceptualize it. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would anybody? Right, fry. <laughs> we also find out uh, when everybody finds the food disgusting that uh, Bender says there's nothing wrong with the food. He used ten percent less than a lethal dose. Um, Zoidberg has uh, gone back for seconds. Zoidberg is a very, very intelligent doctor. He's the best, though. I the, I know we disagree. You 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 think Bender's the best? I mean, we've discussed this. We've we we don't need to rehash it. Well, I mean, I I know I already told you about it, but I I did I did start <laughs> in um a a Slack team today. I started a channel specifically called Zoidberg. Why not? Where all we do is post images of Zoidberg. <laughs> So I don't want to hear you say that I don't like Zoidberg. I'm not saying you don't like Zoidberg. I'm just saying he's not the best in your opinion. This is true. He's he's the best for funny images, I think. Well, I mean, conceptually, Zoidberg is a very funny image to begin with. They land down on the planet, mm-hmm. and Leela gives Fry the instructions to go deliver uh, the package. Which beforehand he he has a little bit of angst because he doesn't he knows what what to do he's been doing this since before lilo was born which is an accurate statement but they're roughly around the same well it's a it's a legitimate statement because he was born in the year probably in the 70s or something like that because he was what 25 in the 2000 Uh uh-huh um so tech really with lila being born sometime in the 29 whatever it it it, it, it maths out everybody let's not we we, we didn't do the infl- inflation gag we're not going to do this one if you know that lila wasn't born in the year 2000 why was it important when fry was born i i may have done some math when it turns out that he was 25 and uh uh, it's not important it's super not important so so he gives a little bit of angst and then walks out without the package and has to come back sheepishly and grab the package he then walks uh all through a very large desert under an oppressively hot sun mm-hmm. finally the sun starts to go down and then another one starts to come up and it's far closer to the planet so it's even hotter my question on this scene though is why did they land so far away from where they were delivering the package they always land pretty far away that seems like a terrible business like if i order from some something from ups i don't want them to park 
you know, like a town away and then have the delivery guy carry my package <laughs> all the way to my apartment. I, I think there are probably permits and parking spaces, so that's probably the closest thing. Also, thematically from the plot, you know, it kind of ruins a lot when you can't, when there's not a distance to go sometimes. Like this, the gag here wouldn't exist. All I'm saying is, it's ridiculous. No, well, this is the ridiculous part. Yes. <laughs> your your spaceship landing area is not realistic enough for me, sir. As I, I, I pushed up my glasses. I guess that it, it's not a visual medium. Dang it. As you were saying, it does have something to do with the plot, though, because after walking through the desert, he spies a cool-looking glass bottle full of a most likely tasty beverage. Oh, it's... it's and you and it's like that blue color when you think, oh man, when I want a beverage, I want it to be this blue color. Oh yes. Oh oh baby. That's why that Pepsi Blue did so well. It it did very well. He drinks the bottle and mm-hmm. um he he seems decently satisfied with yeah. it. And then we see we see the natives of the planet kind of come in as uh, puddles. Mm-hmm. The same color blue. It's weird. And then it turns out that uh, that was their emperor just chilling in that in that bottle, frosty bottle. He shouldn't make that bottle so frosty. It's so tempting. Fry drinks it, and um, the guards are immediately like, "He drank our emperor," and and it looks like they're going to attack, but they make him the emperor instead because that's how the emperor is crowned. He he the the emperor has has enjoyed drinking the previous one who has in back all through the ages getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here i understand but but yes uh fry becomes the emperor of a whole planet by drinking the previous one Mm -hmm. what happens then well he he has to appoint a prime minister which he picks bender Mm -hmm. instead of the previous prime minister gorgak gorg thank you for having the name uh, who is a, I believe, an effective administrator? Mm-hmm. The whole, the reason I specifically remember it's Gorgak is because Bender, uh, when Bender gets chosen, chosen, he's like, "In your face, Gorgak!" Which I just, again, it's Bender being <laughs> Bender, and I love it. Sure, yeah, he he's very in your face. So so Bender is the prime minister. Um, it's it, also at this point, though, that uh, the package that Fry delivered gets delivered to the emperor, who is Fry, who now. Is Fry now. So Fry essentially delivered his own package mm-hmm. he opens to himself. It to himself. He opens it up, and it's a sign that says in English, do not drink Emperor. He mm-hmm. says, man, that arrived just in time. And he puts it next to the other signs that presumably say similar or the same thing right, right next to it. Mm-hmm. A bunch of different jokes here about uh, the... Uh, uh trisol uh trisolians sure i think they say it in the episode and i didn't even pay attention yeah they they have a bunch of jokes about um them like fry choosing a a consort from the harem um they're okay jokes i don't know if there's any not really really worth talking about um I, i i do know that there will be a gala uh for Fry's coronation, uh, and and Zoidberg, uh, if I'm going to continue being on my brand, uh, Zoidberg mentions he has a formal shell, and I'm very, I was very excited to see it. I would just like to point out uh, right now that as we record this, Mike is literally wearing a shirt with a Zoidberg um, Android 
uh, mm-hmm. logo mashup. Mm-hmm. So his brand is definitely on point. On point. I, I was this morning in the bleary eyed of waking up and needing to grab a shirt. I was like, I got to get this one. Podcast day. It's podcast day. And then I ran down the stairs and uh, woke up my parents because it was podcast day. Mom, dad, it's podcast day. What is going on right now? <laughs> I mean, like you go outside and you see the Lex. It's it's such a magical time of year when it's podcast day. You, boy, what day is today? <laughs> it's podcast day, my sir. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> We've taken this podcast to a weird point. And I love it. We cut to the aforementioned gala. I really enjoy their, uh, some of the musical uh, talents of the the residents of Trisol, um, where they are playing the glasses while also being the water within. Mm-hmm. It, it takes it takes talent, and it's also a sight gag that is nearly impossible to describe on a podcast. It's true. Um, so surprisingly, uh, we have a number of people who listen to this who have never seen a single episode of futurama oh let us explain this for them i can't like i just i just it has to be like a picture if we're going to try and get people to see it it has to be a screenshot of it in the show notes it's true i'll i'll i I guess i'll tweet it out um that could work too because you did tweet out the formal shorts (laughs) i i most definitely tweeted out when i most definitely retweeted that my friend at back to futurama the other part of the gala is uh, we are treated to a uh, comedian, um, Trisol's, uh, one of be- Trisol's best comedians. It, it, and best uh, political satirist. Yes, that's right. Uh, which his political satire is that um, guys from under the orange sun uh, walk kind of dorky and uh, guys from under the red sun uh, walk all like cool. And again, it's another sight gag that I just really can't explain. Yeah. And it's and it's some good political satir- satire. It was very good. Leela takes Fry aside at this point and shows him the like the hall of former leaders, former right. emperors. And uh, this is where we find out that every emperor ascended to power by drinking and therefore killing the previous emperor, mm-hmm. usurping the power. I also like how um, in this big hall full of uh, thousands of portraits. Um, Fry has his portrait where he's kind of doing the finger guns. Finger guns. Um, and then next to that is Fry, uh, Fry's empty assassin. portrait for Fry's assassin, and then um, Fry's assassin's assassin, which Fry notes and says, "Well, at least my assassin is has gonna get it coming to him." And so, but again, it it comes down to um, Fry's upset that Leela is just trying to butt into his life yet again, yet again, trying I, to save my life yet again, and he he. He's definitely dubious on the idea that anybody's going to drink him. Um, at this moment, a one of the pictures uh, has its eyes and mouth cut out, so you can see eyes move over to Fry and the mouth cut out, move to the side, and then slowly a straw, a very very long straw, comes towards him, and then once it hits him, it starts making a sucking noise. Somebody is trying to drink the emperor. I just like he's like quit it. <laughs> It, it it's a, it's an effective defense before the gala uh we also find out that part of this gala is a flawless recitation of an oath he will be killed if he does not recite it on the spot 
he will be killed on the spot if he does not recite it uh, from memory. Flawlessly. Flawlessly. Which seems, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he does recite the oath, but he does it with a few flaws. Right. He's he's reading it from a, um, he's written it all down on his forearm, mm-hmm. uh, which it's a very long speech, which is basically just him reading off the uh, giant line of emperors that have uh, arisen and fallen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like all those uh, passages... Uh, he begat he who begat he, etc. Exactly. And uh, down at the very last line, he can't quite make it out, and he says that he promises to lead with honor and insanity. Uh, uh, integrity. Um, so, yeah, there is a flaw, and he's not killed for it, which I think uh, it means that the person that had given him that advice was being a, a hypocrite. Because there was a flaw, therefore... Maybe some just lead with insanity. Well, after the uh, recitation of the oath, um, all three sons on Trisol set. Sure. And they enter their nocturnal phase where all of these blue liquidy people uh, start glowing. Mm -hmm. Also, this is when Bender gets to uh, finally switch to hard liquor Mm -hmm. because uh, the sun has finally set. And he throws away his wine and pulls a martini out of his compartment. It's also at this point that we see a glowing blue circle in Fry's stomach, which is the Emperor. The Emperor isn't dead. And suddenly he can talk? Like, why couldn't he talk yeah, there's before? A lot of, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, maybe he was just taking a real good nap. Maybe. I mean, it, maybe it's maybe it's real tiring to get digested. Very true. In in either case, uh, suddenly the emperor is alive in Fry's stomach, and um, since the the old emperor is not dead, uh, it is the guard's duty to cut Fry open and get the emperor out. Sure, which makes sense. They run off into the palace to try to prevent that from happening, and uh, they start coming up with some schemes as to how mm-hmm. to sure. get the emperor out without uh actually killing fry uh zoidbergs is to put uh fry into a centrifuge that would separate him from the emperor but wouldn't that crush his bones he always forgets about the bones the other options um well this this comes about because the emperor refuses to be sweated out through somebody's armpits which i think there are some um worse ways to be expelled from a human body but Okay. What I find interesting is Fry also suggests maybe he could urinate or vomit the Emperor out, which the Emperor actually likes a little bit more than being sweated out. But he prefers the bones one. That or the bone crushing, yes. Somebody suggests that Fry could cry him out, but Fry is, of course, way, way too, too macho. Way too macho. Fry just doesn't cry. Yeah, Bender tries his hardest, um, but and he, he thinks, well, maybe I just can't get people to cry. And then immediately Amy... Uh, gets amy amy says uh well don't worry bender you tried your best i don't even remember what bender says but uh bender i think he tells her to cram it and then amy immediately starts crying and then some uh zoidberg does the same thing and it's the same cadence and zoidberg starts crying mm-hmm. it's very, it's just very... fry is too macho he just doesn't cry fry is the most macho person on mm-hmm. this t- television show they call leela to try to get fry some help and Leela is very upset and does not want to help Fry, but um, I, she she acquiesces nonetheless. Sure. The the army uh, of Trisol brings out a huge Juicomatic 4000, um, which is basically a an orange juicer. 
Well, now hold on a second, because while Bender's talking to Leela, there is a joke that I love. That I'm sorry, I, I, I always I, I want to just I, make sure we talk about real quick. I, I forgot that because Bender was on screen for a moment. We need to talk about it. <laughs> Shh, Bender's talking. <laughs> so uh, Bender says, well, look, Leela, I don't like you and you don't like me. And then Leela says, well, I like you. Uh, you y- You do? And then they kind of talk a little bit, and then Bender's like, now, hold on. What do you like most about me? (laughs) Which, as we find out uh, later, is Bender's in-your-face attitude. Is is that your favorite part of Bender? Uh, Probably. All right. Okay. So now, yes... You and Leela have something in common. Oh, now we can get back to the the juicer, the juice. Yeah, the juice thing. Whatever. Uh-huh. Who cares? Uh, they they just they wheel out a giant orange juicer called the Juicematic uh, Four Thousand mm-hmm. uh, in in order to retrieve the Emperor and uh, sep- uh, filter out the pulp as well. Sure, that's very important here. Leela starts fighting through the crowd, trying to get to the the castle, the Emperor's castle. Bender makes it sound like she's being overtaken. And Fry finally starts to cry they at get, the thought that Leela may be in trouble. Uh, she He gets two drops into the uh, the bottle. And then uh, Leela goes and wrecks it by living. I, I can't believe Leela is so selfish. How could she? How could she? Um, so they, they've now run out of that option. But Leela starts beating up Fry, which causes him to cry a little bit more. And then everybody decides that it's time to just beat up Fry so that uh, he will cry. And we get a weird little montage of all of Fry's best friends in the world. Beating the crap out of him. Beating the crap out of him. (laughs) At the same time, Zoidberg plugs up the the hole in the wall. Uh, So let me set the stage right. The the Trisol residents are trying to break down the door very slowly uh, because their water they can't do. A ton of damage to the door other than over time the veneer starts to peel it does uh, but at one point they make they start breaching the wall or the door and zoidberg goes over to rushes over to to fill the hole and tries to do it with his with his claw can't quite do it so he uses one of his face tentacles to do it it's a cute little gag i mm-hmm. it's a zoidberg thing it's very it was very funny to me but again we have now both interrupted sort of the other's flow just to talk about um our (laughs) personal favorite characters so yes we have i'm telling you zoidberg v bender debate it's gonna happen one of these days it'll it'll be a uh a bonus at some point when we can't get a proper episode out (laughs) it's gonna be a real stupid episode so tune in for that so dumb because because when you think of Back to the Futurama, you think, that's some smart parkat podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that's some smart podcasting there. Is podcasting doing parkour yeah, while podcasting? <laughs> <A> parkour podcasting. <laughs> so like I was saying, the smartest podcast in the world. They beat Fry up for a little while and um, also do things like pull his hair and like... Uh, burn a cigar in a quote-unquote tender area it, it, it's uh, the the ends justify the means Wait, it's the other way yeah something justifies something so <laughs> something 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 it all it pays off in the end um because uh amy gets tired they've been beating him up for a while a long time yeah 
Amy gets tired and says, okay, your turn, and points to somebody off screen, and then it turns out it's the Emperor. Yeah, and he's finally out, and, and he, 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 he thanks Fry for crying him out. I, I like the way that line is delivered, where he's like, thanks for crying me out, and then he just starts beating him with a chair, mm-hmm. and then uh, the episode kind of ends there, as all of his friends are still beating him up for some reason. Well, they're watching the Emperor beat him with a chair. All right, but somebody says, hey, save some for me. Well, sure. I mean, So it's presumed they continue to beat him for a while. I mean, he, he got them into this predicament. Do those ends justify those means? Or do the means justify those ends? Tweet at us, at Back to Futurama. I hadn't got one in this episode. <laughs> it's it's true. Um, That's fair. You, you can absolutely tell us how dumb we are this episode oh, because we have boy. dumbed it up. Or, or you can tweet it at how much you really enjoy Ben's euphemism corner and you want to enter it as much as possible. Good Lord. The episode just kind of ends there on that fade out yeah. as they're all beating him up. And so that's really all that happens in the episode. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a good, ep- you know, that's a good uh, discussion of the episode. Some may disagree. <laughs> uh, that's a good discussion of a lot of things and then possibly a few dramas episode sprinkled in there. Uh, so let's talk about the grades on this Final one. Final judgments grades. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a, I think a, a, a solid B. Um, it's an okay episode. I like, I like a lot of the jokes, but uh, we're kind of entering into a lot of the um the season one episodes that I talked about in our first couple of episodes, where it's just like. They're not bad episodes. They're just not the episodes that I want to watch. Uh, we haven't really seen a lot of the best ones yet. So there, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, it's just not... It's not one of the more memorable ones. Um, it does have some good lines. We get we get Elzar. We get the Spice Weasel. Um, we get a couple of plot points about how Bender uh, wants to cook, which we come back and visit a couple of times later on. There's a lot of things to like, but it's not the best. Uh, like I said, B. I, I I don't have any major disagreements with you there. I'd probably also give it a B. This is the episode that I think of when I think of um, really a non-consequential episode of Futurama. It's, it's funny. Nothing really, you know, everything gets set back to the beginning at, at the end. Nothing really harms or fixes or anything like that. It does some memorable things. It has some it this this episode puts you in a different place so it looks a little different than the usual kind of thing. But it's just not something that you think, oh, that's a good episode of Futurama. Yeah, exactly. But it th- that being said, it's it's very competent. It's a competent episode of Futurama. It it is a it is, and it's pretty good. But it's not a classic. Okay. Uh you didn't give it an actual grade though. I yet. agreed with you on the B. Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah, that's a that's a B from the both of us. Um, just the both of us giving Bs to this episode. Just the both of us. <laughs> ben and Mike. <laughs> we're we're getting a bit loopy now, so I think that's a good as time as any to just uh, call the episode there. If you would like to get in contact with us, uh, there are a couple of ways to do that. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at backtofuturama. 
uh, which we've actually gotten a couple of tweets now. We got a yeah. couple of people following us. Um, we really appreciate all the people who have been um, tweeting at us and letting us know uh, that they're listening. I mean, yeah, let, thank you for letting us into your ears for 45 minutes and being incredibly, incredibly dumb. Oh, boy. You're going to have a fun editing. We do really appreciate it, though, in all seriousness. Um, Absolutely. So, um, you know, if uh, if you do like uh, what we're doing, uh, check us out. And um, uh, we're also on iTunes. Yes, that is the thing that I was forgetting. Uh, we are on iTunes. Just search for Back to the Futurama on iTunes. Uh, go ahead and rate and subscribe to us if you like what you hear. Um that uh, really helps us uh, get more people listening to us. So uh, yeah, we we do not advertise at all, other than uh, our you know sporadic tweets. So also, all of our friends have to listen to this, uh, uh, listen to us talk about our podcast incessantly. So might as well lighten that burden on just them and push it onto other people. Uh, in in actuality, that will do it for us uh, this time. So I'm Ben. I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world world of tomorrow. tomorrow.